this is a prepaid call from Joe. Welcome to Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker. And today, Anna E. She's not going to be with us today, but sitting in for her is my son, Boo. And we're going to kick this thing off, and we're going to be talking about entrepreneurship while you're in prison and why you should be doing it. Uh, thank you for doing the show for me today, Boo. You know what I mean? Uh, this is an important show for me. I really have been wanting to do this show for a while, talk about these things for a long time. And before we get started, I want to tell you why I really want to do this show, why it's really important to me. And one of the main things is that I want people out there in the world and victims of crime to know that, you know, people that are incarcerated are redeemable. There is room for people, even violent offenders, to become better people. Two, I want family members of the incarcerated to understand that there is room for them to grow and they need help from them, not just by sending money to their commissary, money to the phone, visitation, all of those things are great and they are needed, but I want family members to know that, look, turn them in a different direction. You know what I'm saying? Away from doing the illegal things to help support their family, their friends, or, what, or just to survive in prison. And thirdly, I want to do. I wanted to do this show because I want people in prison to know that there are people that are doing it different. You don't have to depend on uh, selling drugs, selling whatever kind of contraband you can get your hands on to survive, or to take care of your kids, to take care of your family. You know, I want you to. I want people out there to know, and I want that there are people in here that are trying, and just. You know, to support those types of people. You know what I'm saying? Those are the reasons why I wanted to do this show. You know, so I want to start off by talking about how do you set up something like that? How do you set up the infrastructure to be able to do what it is that I do? And let me give you a little background about, you know, what I've done since I've been incarcerated. I've been in here going on 34 years now. And while I've been in here, I've written a book, a couple of books. Um, <clears throat> in addition to that, I, I had a magazine for a little while. But I transitioned the magazine into the podcast that we're doing today uh, because I felt like that I'm better at talking than the writing aspect of it. I just feel more in my element, more comfortable in that. But the question that I want to pose to you is, how do you do this? How did I set up any of the businesses that I was running? And the first thing that you have to do, the first thing that you have to understand is that you have to have a way to communicate whatever it is that you're trying to do. So how do you communicate with the outside world when you're in prison? The best thing and the first thing you have to do is you've got to have an email address. you got to have an email address. you got to have somebody that you trust to set you up an email address. You know what I'm saying? An email account. The second thing that you need, that you're going to need, it's a must, and it's, and it's because you're in prison that you need this, you have to find somebody that you trust so that you can get a power of attorney a general power of attorney, giving somebody out there in the free world the permission and the legal authority to act on your behalf, to open up a bank account, uh, sign contracts, uh, do business on your behalf. Those two things are key to anything that you want to do while you're in prison as far as business-wise. And if you don't have that, you're going to be crippled and you're really not going to be able to do anything because people are going to want to know uh, if this thing is being legal, being done legally, you know, like I said, I've written books, magazines, uh, I'm doing podcasts and all of these types of things. And 
if I didn't have those two things, I would not have been able to do that. Now, a lot of times people talk about why, uh, well, not why, but how do you reach the people that you're trying to sell your stuff, stuff to? You know, let's talk about no matter what it is, I'm dealing with retail stuff, mainly the types of businesses that I'm talking about are online businesses. You know, I don't, I don't think that you could uh, find a better uh, avenue to be able to reach people than this Internet. People in prison really don't understand how powerful the Internet is. I call the Internet the great equalizer. You know, people on the streets sit at home, or be on vacation, whatever they're doing, and they can st still conduct their business. So I said to myself, well, why can't I do that? Now, of course, I'm limited because I'm doing this all legal. Once upon a time in my backsliding days, I tried to do things, you know, illegally, and I ran into problems. But now that I'm doing it totally legal, I see that this avenue was always open for me. So how do you reach people? You can do that a couple of ways. You can set up a website, or you can set up a social media page. And when I say you, I'm talking about your family members on the outside, okay? They can do those things to help you reach the people that you're trying to reach, right? Now, I used to be a big fan of having a website, but I'm not so much sold on that anymore. I would rather go with Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or something like that. If you have the family members that are willing to put in the time to do that. And why is that? Well, with a website, even though it's important, don't, don't get me wrong, but I, I keep in mind that I'm in prison and I don't have all the abilities that other people would have, you know, people out there. And I got to make sure that the people that are, that are helping me are not bogged down with doing a whole lot of work. So when it comes to the social media aspect, it's easier to reach people. Whether What I mean by that is like dealing with Facebook, for example. If you're dealing with Facebook and you open up a, a business account on there, you have an opportunity to be able to reach all the people that follow you, and, and then you can put posts on there, and then these posts can be promoted for a small fee, and then that, looks, that will expand your reach and allow you to reach way more people than you could ever imagine trying to sell your stuff to, right? And it'll help you with the demographics and the analytics and all of these types of things. And that's just one way that social media helps you, in my opinion, more so than having a website. I'm saying a website is important as long as you got somebody that's willing to work it. But a website, to me, is just like having a brick and mortar. You've got to tell people how to get there. If you, if, you, if you have a website, people have to know where your website is and how to get to it, right? So you've got to do a lot of promoting just to get them to go to the website. But if you have a social media page, those avenues of being able to promote and reach people, they're already set in place. They're built into that that uh, platform. So it's a little bit easier on your family and whoever's going to be able to help you when you're doing this stuff. And the next thing that I would talk about is after you have your social media page set up or your website if you decide to go that route, it's just constantly putting in the time, having your family members put in the time to push the product, trying to reach out and let people know where you're at and what you're selling. And I think that doing that, you'll find that at first it's not going to be as fruitful as, let's say, selling drugs, okay? Let's just keep it 100. You know, if you're selling drugs in prison, yeah, you might be making some money now. But keep in mind, short-lived, they're always going to be knocking on the door. They got to get it right one time, 
you got to get it right every time. And if you get it wrong that one time and they get it right, you lose everything. But when you're running a business legally and you're doing things the right way, they can come knock on your door any time of the day. You can go to the hole. It doesn't stop your money from flowing in. You know what I'm saying? You can get transferred to another prison. It doesn't stop your money from flowing in. You can get locked down for whatever reason, the institution of lockdown. lockdown. It does not stop your money from flowing in. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that, doing it that way, I'm telling you, it's more beneficial, and it's better for you. It's better for you. And if you're a family member, if you're a family member of somebody incarcerated, and they're trying to do something that is illegal, and you say, yeah, that's cool, I can help you, this, 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 and that. Keep in mind, keep in mind that if you want them to come home and stay home, you have to start before they get home. I've always said, what you do in practice, you're doing the game. Don't get me wrong, it took me years for that to actually become part of how I live. I get it, I get it, don't get me wrong, I get it. I understand the, the, the need for the hustle, I get that. But what I'm telling you is based on my experience. I've been there, done that. And now I'm in a way better position than I was uh, doing everything legally. You know, and I would encourage everybody, everybody out there to do that. You know what I'm saying? If you have a family member in prison, I encourage you to encourage them to turn the page, put all of the negative and the illegal stuff behind them, and try their best to figure out what it is they want to sell. Let me give you a few things that you can do online if you were trying to sell a product. Books, music, uh, beats, or you can podcast. You know, those are just a few things that I can come up with off the top of my head. You know what I mean? I can make a list for you that would blow your mind as the type of opportunities that you could have just by, you know, turning that page and putting all the illegal stuff behind you. You could still become somebody that it's, it's, it's beneficial to your family. You're setting the right example uh, for your family, the community, and it's going to make you it's going to make you feel better. I'm telling you, it's going to make you feel better all the way around. I just believe that more of us need to get involved in that, and I would encourage people. You know what I'm saying? If you have any questions about something like that, reach out to me. Uh, I have no problem with it. I, I you know, I'm, I'm into being a consultant uh, for a small fee. It ain't going to cost you much. You know what I'm saying? Just if you, if you don't understand what I'm saying, reach out to me. I wanted to do this episode, like I say, for the reasons that I gave at the beginning. But I'm also going to be there for people that really are serious about this and want to turn that page. I'm going to be there. If you reach out to me, I'm going to help you any way I can. I, I'll help you come up with a platform, you know what I'm saying, as far as how to do it. You know what I mean? Give me the specific type of uh, product that you want to sell. I can brainstorm on that for a while, and I, can, I guarantee you that I can provide you a way to do it. I was talking to a guy today. You know, I work in the gym, and he was in the gym, and he was talking to me. And I was just telling him about, you know, the show that me and my son was going to do tonight. Tonight, And he was talking to me about, you know, he's he's a legal uh, a clerk. He can research a, a case all the way down, and, you know, he's helped file appeals for people. And I told him, I said, man, that is a skill set that is marketable. I said, what if I told you I could show you how you could start your own business doing legal research, shepherdizing and researching cases while you're in prison 
and make money. I said, would you believe that? And he's like, no, nah, you know, he's got a grin on his face. No, nah, I, I, nah, I don't believe that. You can't do that. I said, I would bet you. I said, I ain't got no money to give you, so I ain't going to bet you no money. I said, I'll bet you 20 push-ups on your knuckles. On your knuckles. You know what I'm saying? In the gravel, right, that I could show you how you could do that as long as you had a family member on the town that would be willing to support you and help you, I could show you how you could do what you love and make money doing it. And me and him right today, we have a bet. I'm going to show him this week how to do it. You know what I'm saying? Now, if he doesn't follow through, he doesn't follow through. But I'm going to show him that, and then I'm going to watch him. I'm going to stand over while he do my 20 push-ups in this gravel out here. You know what I'm saying? But there is a way. Go ahead. See, this the thing. This the thing with this. Okay. See, which I've done time, too. And like you were saying, you made a you made a point to say, you know, you most definitely gotta have somebody who's consistent. You gotta have somebody who's who can help you on the outside doing yeah. this. You know, right. in in this situation, you have to first let me ask you this. Now, when you first started doing what you were doing as far as the business ventures and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure you tried to add to and expand your business ventures by doing illegal things, right? I did. Absolutely, I did. Because so, I thought that's what I needed to do. You're right, I did, yes. And that was because you were basically trying to make more money faster. Yes, and so, yes. And so when it comes to that, I think you have to help people understand the understanding that when it's not coming as fast, it doesn't mean that it's not working or it's not necessarily a good thing. Because in that, right. in that situation, like, because I've, I've been there, you know what I'm saying, and I know yeah. most inmates are not as fortunate to be able to do these things or have the drive and the motivation to continue to build and push these things. And they easily get frustrated or, or discouraged because they're setting... I guess unrealistic goals. So, right, give us right. an example of what is what is something a person can prepare themselves for mentally that's a realistic goal under those circumstances, and not be thinking that this is just going to take off for of somebody who's basically like in the free world. Okay, I get great, great question, Boo. Great question, and here's the answer to that. Let's let's say, for example, uh, selling books. Okay, let's say you write a book. You know, you put in the work, you write a book, you get it printed up, you know, go through all the processes and get it printed up, and now it's time to sell it. Most people think when they write a book, they're going to make a million dollars, they're going to sell a million copies just by putting the book out there, right? One, that's not going to happen. You can sell a million copies if you put in the work, but if you just put it out there, you're not going to sell a million copies. But let me give you a realistic example of what you might want to expect. With your family and friends buying a copy, you might sell 10 or 15 copies. You feel what I'm saying? That's being realistic. Let's say you put it out there, and, and the advice that, that I would give a person in this situation is a lot based on what you do. You know what I'm saying? You really promote your book on social media. You feel what I'm saying? And you're doing great. Congratulations to you. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You put in the work for that. You put in the work for that. But imagine this, where it gets into that realistic realm. If you have a family member that is willing and is committed 
to putting in the work. And like you've told me, it's a full-time job dealing with that social media. So let's be realistic and say you got a family member that has a child out there supporting their family paying bills, and they can just give you a little bit of time every day, an hour a day. You feel what I'm saying? So it would be realistic for them to say, okay, I would expect you to maybe sell maybe, maybe 10 or 15 books a month, right? Maybe mm-hmm. 10 or 15 books a month. But what you have to understand in, in doing that versus selling the drugs, and I get the money. You get disappointed, you're not making as much money as you could make if you got that pack in. But what, what people have to understand is when you're selling those 10 or 15 books a month, and like I say, I could draw up a plan and so to help people understand this, but when you're selling those 10 or 15 books a month, right? Let's say you're selling them for $20 a book too, right? So what's that, 200, what, $250 mm-hmm. a month compared to you probably making $2,000 a month selling drugs, okay, mm-hmm. or more. Mm-hmm. You take a portion of that money. This is the legal world. You've got to be committed to being involved in a part of the legal world. Right. That is key. That is key. Because if you commit to that, you also will come to understand that that small amount of money is way greater and more important than the two or $3,000 that you could make. Is right. realistically, no. You're going to make probably a tenth of what you would make selling drugs. Right. But it's going to go farther. It's going to go farther because it's going to be setting the right example to your kids if you have any. It's going to be letting your family members know the ones that are helping you, that are sticking by you, that this person is serious. He or she is really trying. You feel what I'm saying? And And as you continue to put in... Go ahead. And what's the difference... Not to cut you out, but... And what's the difference... And you also have to... Learn a different, you have to manage different. You know, when I was hustling, you know, doing what I'm doing now, mm-hmm. I have had to reprogram my brain, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to financial literacy, you know what I'm saying, in order to continue to be able to, you know, allow what I'm doing to grow. You know, when you hustling and you in that ma- and you in that mind frame, you know, money come as fast as just as it goes, just as fast as it yeah. comes. And you don't budget right. and manage, you know what I'm saying? And you know, being behind that wall, you know, because a lot of men behind that wall, probably women too, I'm sure, you know, they they want to help with their family. And, you know, and it's easy to, you know, I, okay, I made six or $700 doing what I'm doing legally, and then I want to help with a bill that's this, this, 175 which done knocked me down. And now, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's it's so hard to get frustrated. So what, what level of, when it comes to discipline and, 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 and budgeting and, like, yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's, that's tight. Like, I, I remember when I first, like, when I had stopped hustling in prison and I did the first book, I ordered 44 copies. Mm-hmm. I was paying, like, $2 and uh-huh. some, I was paying, like, $2 and some change. I paid, like, 100 and maybe $25 for the 100, for the 44 books. Mom, mama, sold uh-huh. the, mama sold the 44 books in, like, a week. That's, like, a $880. Wow. And it's, you know, and that, and what, and I say that to say, I know what you saying works, but when I had done that, I had to Mm -hmm. refocus, you know, my, my financial uh, literacy, like how to budget this and how to, you know, the commissary, how much do I put back into what I'm doing? And you know what I'm saying? And I really, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And then on top of that, of course, you know, you know, my daughter asking for stuff, maybe needed stuff here and there, of course. And then mama wanted to, like, how do you, 
like how you deal with that? How do you? Yeah, okay, you, see, see now you're getting into you're getting into some good stuff. This is what you, where you start to learn the real life value of a dollar. Right. And and this is another thing. Let me let me say it like this too. A lot of guys during my experience in here, they talk themselves into being responsible for this bill or that bill. Right, Not right. like what so, you did. You you they got you got you made this money. Then your mama wanted a little bit, and of course your daughter wanted something all this and that. But for the most part, people in here they talk themselves into I'm gonna take care of this for you, baby. I'm gonna do that for you, baby. Right. This is that. Well, when you gotta see, but they do that because they have this insecurity. Like if I don't contribute to whatever she's doing, uh, they're not gonna come visit me. They're not gonna take my phone calls. This, 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 and that. What you got to understand is this. What most people need to understand is this. They think about this. If when a person breaks up with somebody out there on the street, right? They go on with their life. They do just fine. They don't need none of your money. They don't need your money. If they relied on the money from a person in prison to live, now I know it's exceptions to all rules, but for the most part, if, if people on the streets relied on money coming out of the prison system to pay their bills and take care of their house, they'll all be living on the Jeff Street Bridge down here in Nashville, man. You know what I'm saying? They really are not relying on that. Will they take it? Yes. But do, are they relying on it? No. So don't put yourself in a position to where you are able, you are being asked to, or you want to contribute in paying bills when you're not in a position to. You have to learn to budget. And that's the good thing about what this, another reason about this show today. What I'm proposing is that the things that you're going to be learning and doing this are going to be real life things, how to budget your money, how to, you know, be realistic about what you put on your shelf. Stop trying to live, as we call it, penitentiary rich. You know what I'm saying? Trying to look like you got way more than what you got. Well, we know that sometimes them boxes that you got on the shelf are empty. So quit starting in front, you know what I'm saying, and putting yourself in those positions. Being in the legal world will force you to be honest with yourself right. when it comes to that money. And, it, it, and, and another thing that people have to learn, boo, that they're going to have to learn, you're going to have to learn to say no. You feel me? Mm -hmm. And you can't be scared. You can't be scared because here's the thing. You got some money in somebody's hand. You done sold your books. You got some money out there in somebody's hand. And if, if the thought ever occurs to you, that if you tell them no, that they're going to run off with your money, then they were the wrong person to be dealing with in the first place. Right, you feel what right. I'm saying? You have to put yourself in in the position with somebody that don't need your money. Now, they, you might want to help them or pay them or give them a little bit to help you. but And again, I know every situation is different. I know that. Every situation is different, and every situation is not going to fit the mold of what I'm talking about. So you got to maneuver a little bit. You feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But you have to learn to say no. You have to learn that you're going to have to budget that money, and you have to think long term. I have a goal. What is that goal? Share that goal with them before you set out to do it. Let them know, look, I, I really do want to help, and one day I will. But let me walk. Mm -hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Oh, let me establish. You got to have that conversation before any money is made mm -hmm. so that they'll understand. So, and again, that doesn't mean they won't still ask, but by having that conversation, you can say, look, didn't we talk about this? Let me remind you. You know what I'm saying? This is what I'm trying to do. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then you have to go there. Yeah, you got to go from there. You know, I hope that answered the question a little bit, you know. Yeah, it did. It did. It did. Um, 
And then, and then it's another thing. How do you, how do you, because a lot of, you got to, you got to get people to believe in, in, in themselves to be able to do this. I understand wanting to encourage and, and get people to see that. They, you really have to get people to believe this and that. Because a lot of people, you know, they come in with the time that they have and really, you know. Yeah. They get accustomed to just doing time the way that they doing time, depending on people on the outside. Would yeah. you would you say would you say that people's family members have a a huge part in the direction that that people who are incarcerated like where they go? Because like it, when it come to this right here, would you? Because when you when you locked up, man, you get used to. You know, just taking whatever help to come when it come, and you get a, you get accustomed to that. So, what would you say to a family member who tried who's trying to push a loved one in in that direction? Like, what do they do? What do they say? You know what I'm saying? Because you 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 can only encourage for so long and so much before. Yeah, yeah. Well, what now? Let me, what let me, I would let me say, say this. Let me say this. Okay, go ahead. It's a hard question because I already know. What type of mindset that you have? But what was it? Okay. What was it that somebody said or did that made you realize I need to do something to, you know, generate to, funds to, or, or yeah. start something? Like what? What was it that that made you realize? Okay, I'm gonna do this, and even though I don't know everything, I'll figure it out. Right. Well, at the beginning, uh, like I said, I always. You know, want, want to keep it one at the at the beginning. It was about survival, and it became more about something that my lawyer had said to me early on. You know, uh, he said, "Joe, you you need to do something to occupy your time, and this, 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 and that." And he said, "You need to. You know, have you ever thought about starting a business?" And I, I don't know nothing about starting a business. He said, "You'll figure it out." Again, didn't have a clue, didn't know anything about it. You know what I'm saying? But that. He planted a seed in my mind that made me wonder, okay, this is how I can still be relevant. My total identity wasn't wrapped up in um, the criminal world. You, mm -hmm. you feel what I'm saying? Because that's, that wasn't the totality of my experience up to that point. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't totally consumed with that. It wasn't that important to me that... You know, I needed to be the hardest hitting dude on the block, blah, blah, blah. You feel what I'm saying? Mm. I, it was just an end to a means. You know what I'm saying? Or a means to an end, rather. Let me say it like that. And for me, again, it was my lawyer planting that seed. And once the curiosity started, it was I took off. You know, and, but it was part desperation, too. I needed to do something. In this environment, you know how it is. If you don't, <laughs> if you're not doing something to survive, you will drown in here, man. Right. You know what I'm saying? In more ways than one. You're not going to be able to survive off of state food. That's fact. I don't care what nobody say. If that's the case, you're going to be real thin. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, you can't... And, and the way the, the environment functions, you know, just keeping it 100, you know, the people that are making the place move are the ones that are the safest. You know what I'm saying? Right. That was part of it. Right. Yeah, that was part of it. Uh, get to make the decisions that's going on. People come to you. But one of the hardest things I believe that people have, and I've been experiencing this lately in a lot of conversations that I'm having with guys in here, is that a lot of people's identity, 
how right. they see themselves right, right, right. is wrapped up in what they used to do. Right. And they cannot see themselves doing anything else, not because they don't have the skill set, because it would take away from what they, who they see themselves as. They are important. Right. In the dope game or whatever, they, they are very important people. People want to know what they think. But when you sit back, if you sit back, and I'm sure you did it when you were in here, you might be far off in the corner, but you can still hear what's going on in the conversation across the hall. Right. And people will be talking, right? And it'll be whoever's in charge or whatever, whether he's the head of the gang or the, or the big dope man on the block or whatever. And they'll be talking, and they are talking total nonsense. Right. Told them not. That ain't making no sense at all. Mm -hmm. But they got an audience, and it's a captive audience. And the only reason that the guys around them are listening to them is because they got their tag. Yeah. That's it. You take that tag away, or you take that being head of that gang away, and, and, and then when you listen to this person talk, you say, this person is an idiot. Yeah, that's the same. That's, Doesn't know it's, anything. It's the, same, it's the same way on the street, man. You know, they you know they mm -hmm. calling people big that's bruh. Same. They call people big bruh, and... All of these, you know, just because of what they have and what they got going on. And the minute that person don't have it, you're able to see what you should have been seeing yeah, from the see. Yeah. And, uh, mm -hmm. and that's, yeah, and that's, but see, that's what I mean by when you ask the question, is like parents or people out there that are trying to encourage and trying to push. You have to attack that aspect of that person's identity in the right way. Right. You know what I mean? you got to continually to tell people. See, it's about repetition. You've got to continually tell people you are better than that. And I know you don't believe me right now, but you are. And let, But here's the thing. Let me show you something. Mm -hmm. If you can do that, you can do this. And I'm willing to help you. That is why it goes back to that question about what you was asking about the parents or family members, friends, whoever. They are key. Next to God, after God, they are the key. They are the key. Because... Look, people don't get how vulnerable we are in here. You feel me? Because we, we put on this facade. You know what I'm saying? It's chest stuck out. You know what I'm saying? I ain't crying. I ain't doing this. I ain't doing that. I'm straight, even though you know you ain't straight when they ask. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You just don't want to let people know how vulnerable, vulnerable you are in here. It's not safe to do that. Right. And we, we start doing that with our family and friends that visits on the phone. But if they only understood that we are open we are a captive audience when we're here. You feel me? Mm -hmm. But it has to be in a way that makes you relevant, that makes that person believe that I can do this. I am somebody. I'm still somebody. I messed up in a horrible way, but I can still contribute. And, and I got somebody that loves me enough to do it. Go ahead. And, and see, this is another thing. Like, when it comes to realistic goals when you're in prison, it's more... I think a person should more more so focus on impact versus making a lot of money, because I feel that's like important. When, right. When you make it, when you making the impact, you know you can save what you you know having a realistic goal in prison and say, okay, if I make a hundred dollars, a hundred and fifty dollars a week, you know that's that's good money. You know what I'm saying? Even if even if you and, yeah. and when you doing that, if you're saving and you're studying what it is that you do and other ways to market and promote to the best of your ability. Can uh, with the resources that you have, you know what I'm saying, well, whatever, however way you able to do it. Once you able to set those goals, if it, it may take you, it's going, it's going to take you longer than it would take somebody on the street. You have to understand yeah. that. You have to, you cannot compare to yourself to people who are, 
doing full-fledged social media marketing out here every day, phone call, email, uh-huh. on a 24-hour, uh-huh. able to do You have to set a realistic goal in your mind and say, okay, this is a goal for me considering the resources that I have. If I'm making this amount, if it takes you a year and you say, okay, I can save this amount and then I'll be able to put more into what I'm doing after this amount of time. People, I think people that come from the walk of life, the where I come from, where you come, we set unrealistic goals because we're so used to having a certain amount of money and able to do certain things with when we have a, a substantial amount of money. Like people, I think people in like we, when you in there, you 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 set an unrealistic goal, and and when you do that, you really you set yourself up for to get discouraged easy. For failure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You set yourself up for failure, and a part part of that is. We are, in addition to that, you know, our identity being attached to what we do or, or what we participate in, we also have these inflated opinions of ourselves that don't match up with the reality of, you know, our education, what we know, what we've been through, what we've experienced. So when we say, you know, I want to make $50,000 this year, I want to make a million dollars and I put this book out, I know everybody's going to buy it, right? Okay, I'm not saying that the book is not good. I'm not saying that you can't make that, right? But they're not, you're not going to make it just by writing. You know what I'm saying? you got to put it in the work. And when you have an inflated opinion of yourself, you become arrogant. You become cocky. You become prideful. And the things that you need to do to put in that work, you're not going to do. You're not even going to know about them because you're not going to take the time to know about them. But when you got somebody out there that is willing to say to you, look, we're going to have an honest conversation. You know what I'm saying? We're going to have an honest conversation with each other about who you really are, and who you want to become. You feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's fact. It's fact. It's a statistical fact anyway that most people in prison read on a seventh grade level or lower. You feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But here's the thing about that statistic. It doesn't have to stay that way. If you want to become a better reader, then pick up a book and read. You feel what I'm saying? You want to know more about whatever type of business venture you want to get involved in? Learn about it. If, if you're a family member, send them books in about publishing and things like that. Let them read and learn these things. And they, you know, the family member needs to do the same thing. So when they talk about these things, they'll be on the same page. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. you, it, it is vital that people in prison, it is vital to the rehabilitation. It is vital to bringing down the recidivism rate. It is vital to you becoming a better example for your kids if you have them. You know what I'm saying? And and it's vital that you become a better example and glorify the Most High's name. It is vital that you leave all that other stuff alone because the more you do it, the deeper you're going to be pushed down or dropped down or fall down into that darkness where you're going to believe that this is who you are and all you can do. And that is dangerous. I know a man, let me tell you this, and this is a little bit off topic, but it's not. I met a man that is 70 years old in the penitentiary. Been in and out of prison his whole life. I said, bro, why are you back in prison? Man, I was trying to sell a pill. Mm. I said, why? He said, because, you know, I'm too old to work. I've been in the game all my life. I can't get no uh, Social Security because I ain't never had a job and paid nothing in. And it hit me like, wait a minute, so you ain't never had a job, not a real job that you held down for any period of time. He's like, nah. So I can't really get no help from the government because I ain't never put nothing in to help. 
know what I'm saying? Nobody else, right? So now he's stuck, trapped. He's trapped. 70 years old, looking at 18 years in the penitentiary. 70. And I'm saying to myself, uh-uh, ain't no way. Ain't no way. Ain't no way, man. And that's what a lot of people, that's what a lot of people don't see. They don't see that they're gonna be trapped. You don't have a lot of time. You don't have a lot of time. You think because you're coming in here at 20 and 30, them years fly by. They fly by. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And next thing you, you, you next thing you know, uh, you got your woman, or, or you're out there doing your thing, and, and and the bill is due. The bill is due, and you're laying there on the couch. Your back is hurting. You don't want to go back to work. You know what I'm saying? You might be working at the warehouse or whatever. So, and I, what I say to that is, that's fine. But what are you doing? Don't do nothing illegal. Before you get out of this place, you need to lay a foundation. Family members out there that associate or whatever you want to call it with people in here, you need to be helping them lay a foundation where when they get out, they don't become a burden to you. All of this goes, stuff goes hand in hand, man. It goes hand in hand. Entrepreneurship while you're in prison is one of the keys to this thing, man. It's one of the keys to it. And more people need to be on that. I, I get, you know, don't get me wrong, boo. I do believe that, you know, working is good. I believe that if that's what you want. But that's not what everybody wants, man. That's not what everybody wants. Not and this all. cookie cutter approach, not at all, no. It don't work for a lot of people. And that's, that doesn't mean they're bad people. That don't mean they're lazy. But you got to meet people where they're at. You know what I'm saying? Right. And this cookie cutter approach of, you know, everybody in prison, when you get ready to get out, you got to go through this program so you can learn how to fill out an application and get a job does not work for a lot of people. It just doesn't. It's like talking to and not at. You know what I'm saying? We're not engaged in a conversation. You're just telling me what to do. You haven't even asked me what my dreams and aspirations are. You know what I'm saying? So what I say is stop waiting for that. Stop relying on that because you, you're going through the motions thinking that, the system is going to change and adapt to help you. And maybe one day it will. I see a lot of good things going on, so I'm not going to be too bad on it. But, but the main chart, the main part of what I like, or what I would like, what I want to encourage people is to make sure that as a family member of somebody in here, and I keep on saying that, I know that, but as a family member of somebody incarcerated, you, can, you hold the key to turning them in another direction. You hold the key. And if they can, if you could accept their phone call and talk to them on the phone for 30 minutes, you could help them for 15. You can help them for 15. Right. The phone call going to cost the same. Yep. It's going to cost the same, man, you know. And I just think that uh, we are going in the wrong direction when it comes to, you know, somebody coming to prison. When they get out, I'm going to help you get a job. No, you're not. You know you're not. You tell them that, and, they, and they're going to be dependent on that. And then when you get out, you take them to get a couple of outfits, if you can afford it. Because don't nobody know what situation they're going to be in when somebody gets out of prison. You might be up today, down tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Right. And they get out there and they expect you to do this and that. You can't do it. And now they're mad. You you disappointed in yourself. And now y'all ain't speaking. Next thing you know, he's back in the streets. Now, it's not your fault. He made that decision. But what I'm saying is, have a plan of, in my opinion, entrepreneurship before a person get out. You got somebody to come to prison and do five years, ten years. Come on, man. You can build an empire. You can build an empire. Come on, now. And make a decent living. You can start that in here. Start that in here. And that's what I want people 
to let turn to. That's what I want people to understand about being an entrepreneur in prison. You can change the whole trajectory on your life if you stop focusing on the wrong things. Stop buying into the idea that because you come to prison that you have to be and continue to be branded, participating in the criminal lifestyle. You don't. Don't buy into this idea of being an inmate or a convict. You are a human being. You are not that label that they want to put on you. You are way more than that, and you're worth more than that, and you can do more than that. And that's what we need to start doing. And we need to start encouraging each other to do that. And if you don't know how to do it, ask somebody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's what I'm going to, you know, unless you have another question for me, that's what I'm going I'm to wrap this show up and saying and telling people that, look, I'm not just talking. If you are a loved one of somebody in prison, or if you are in prison and you happen to have a tablet, you can listen to this show, reach out to me. My email address is on the podcast, on the Anchor Podcast page. You should see it. But if you don't see it, it's doing time with Joe T at gmail.com. And that's D-O-I-N without the G. Reach out to me. You know, I have no problem in helping you put together something, realistically putting together something where you can become an entrepreneur in prison. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear from you. And I, I encourage you to reach out to me. Like my son. My son is doing great things. I'm so proud of you, boo. And I want people to hear me say that. I'm saying that to you. I say that all the time. But I want them to hear this is on tape. I am proud of my son. He is doing his thing. You know what I mean? And he is somebody that I believe the world is not ready for. And you're going to see him. You're going to see him, and it's going to be big. And if you need some help, reach out. Reach out. I'll help you. I'm sure he'll help you. But reach out. But be real with it, though. Don't complain, because we ain't playing. We ain't playing. With that, I'm going to wrap up this show. Thank you. This has been Joe of Doing Time with Joe. And I want to thank my son for being on this show with me. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you for using GTL.